Kings chapter 10. And also find uh, Matthew 12, 42. Matthew 12, 42. And our text is 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 1 to 13. We'll read first Matthew 12, 42. And it's uh, related to this, this passage related to the passage Jesus is making a comment on what went on in 1st Kings chapter 10 okay so we read 1st Matthew 12 42 and the Bible says the queen of the south shall rise up in judgment the queen of the south shall rise up in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it for she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon behold a greater than Solomon is here okay the queen of the south shall rise up in judgment Jesus said to that generation and to our generation and condemn it for she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon the wisdom of Solomon behold a greater than Solomon is here all right we read that that's the commentary on this from the Lord himself and now we'll read from uh, 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 1 to 13. And when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to prove him with hard questions. And she came to Jerusalem with a very great train and with camels that bear spices and very much gold and precious stones and when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him of all that was in her heart. And Solomon told her all her questions. There was not anything hid from the king which he told her not. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all Solomon's wisdom and the house that he had built and the meat of his table and the sitting of his servants, and the attendance of his ministers and their apparel and his cupbearers and his ascent by which he went up into the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. And she said to the king, It was a true report that I heard in mine own land of thy acts and of thy wisdom. Howbeit I believed not the words until I came, and mine eyes have seen it. Behold, half was not told me. Thy wisdom, thy prosperity, exceedeth the fame which I heard. Happy are thy men, happy are these thy servants, which stand continually before thee. 
and that hear thy wisdom. Blessed be the Lord thy God. She's given God the glory for it. Blessed be the Lord thy God, which delighteth in thee to set thee on the throne of Israel, because the Lord loveth, loved Israel forever. Therefore made he thee king to do judgment and justice. And she gave the king an hundred and twenty talents of gold and of spices, very great store, and precious stones. There came no more such abundance of spices as these which the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. And the navy also of Hiram that brought gold of Orphan, brought it from Orphan great plenty and alms trees. Precious stones. And the king made of the almost tree pillars for the house of the Lord, and sorceries, and singers. There came no such almond tree, nor were seen unto this day. And King Solomon gave unto the queen of Sheba all her heart's desire, whatsoever she asked. Besides that, which Solomon gave her of his royal bounty. So she turned and went to her own country, she and her servants. Now we're looking at Solomon in his glory. You know, David, you know, David, he established the nation of Israel as one united country. But Solomon expanded the nation into an international trade center. And we have a story from that, from that history in our text. Now, Sheba is modern Yemen. Yemen, south part, just south of Saudi Arabia, on the peninsula down there, right there on the southern, most southern point. And it even crosses over into Africa, into Ethiopia. That's the, the region that uh, the Queen of Sheba is from. And so I said modern Yemen is, is on the map today, and you can see that. Now, they tell us, it's, it's recorded in history, that trade from this place, which was known as the uttermost parts of the earth at the time, this is as far as civilization went there, right? And from, but trade from there would come up and pass through Jerusalem, up into the Mediterranean area, up there in Asia Minor and such, You'd, you know that, of course, Constantinople and all those places that we know of today were a part of the trade. And Solomon, as I said, made Jerusalem and Israel an international place where people would pass through on these trading journeys. Verse 1, it says, And when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon and concerning the name of the Lord... She came to prove him with hard questions. Solomon, with his wisdom, is going to answer her questions. Solomon, with his understanding of God, is going to answer her questions when she comes to visit him. You know, uh, there's an importance in our life to know the Word of God so that we can explain to people what it teaches and what what it says. And everything we say should always bring honor and glory to the Lord himself and not to our own knowledge. But the Queen of Sheba is mentioned in other places, and she's recorded in other sources 
is what I want you to understand. Not just here from the, the book of Kings, First Kings, but she's recorded in other sources in, in history. And the greatest of these uh, sources, which is not mentioned, uh, you know, in the secular sources, but is the Lord himself. In Matthew chapter 12, referred to her coming to see Solomon. What further proof do you need that she was a real person in history, right? And so she's established in other places. And uh, she comes to Solomon, hears of the fame of him, and and notice the name of the Lord is there. God's going to get glory and credit from it. And so Solomon, giving God the glory, uh, is is, going to take his accomplishments and bring glory to God and draw this woman to the Lord. She came to Jerusalem, it says, to see for herself. To see for herself. I've heard this. I mean, she heard it from 1,500 miles away. And she couldn't fly up there. She couldn't uh, take a bus up there. She had to take uh, camels, right? She came 1,500 miles. And, you know, that's a good thing for us to get. Our life needs to honor the Lord in such a way that it would draw people to know Christ. And that's what Solomon is doing. I say that uh, her existence is established, and I want to just say that this is a record in the Old Testament of a believer having a good example that drew someone to know God. Jesus said, the queen of the south, the queen of, by the way, in those records of the queen of Sheba, she's not called the queen of Sheba, I think the spelling is a little different, but they're not sure whether she came from uh, Ethiopia or Yemen. And the truth is, they were one place at the time. Just had a, a body of water that, that separated them. So, he says, the queen of Sheba shall rise up in judgment. Jesus is saying this. The queen of Sheba, uh, the queen of the south, he said rather, shall rise up in judgment with this generation. Okay? And shall condemn it. For she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And here's my key point. And a greater than Solomon is here. So he is saying Solomon got the attention of the Queen of Sheba or the Queen of the South. And she came 1,500 miles to hear him, and Jesus is speaking there, and basically, because he doesn't match the image of what they thought a Messiah should be, they are rejecting him and not even hearing what he has to say. The only people really mostly that heard Jesus when he was here was the poor, the hopeless, looking for hope. You know, and it's true today, when you got your ducks in order and everything is going well for you when you're not a Christian, you're not too interested in learning anything new. But when everything hits the fan, that's when you're ready to listen and learn. Nothing has changed in human nature, right? So the queen came. She came to Solomon. And she believed. Now, a greater than Solomon is here today. A greater than Solomon. 
the Lord Jesus Christ is greater than Solomon in, in every way. I think about, first of all, both of them, Solomon and Jesus, were both the son of David, right? That's a good match. But Solomon is only the son of David. Jesus is the son of God. So Jesus in his supernatural birth is greater than Solomon. The greatness of Solomon is overshadowed by the greatness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Greater in his character, Jesus is. Greater in his wisdom. uh, Greater in the fact that he never sinned. He didn't have 700 wives, right? He has one wife, and that's us, the church. Right? Solomon doesn't have that impeccable character that the Lord Jesus Christ has. Solomon was was great in his kingdom, great in his kingdom, but his kingdom was finally destroyed. But the Lord Jesus is greater in the fact that his kingdom will never be destroyed. Matter of fact, his kingdom has been, uh, it began to be established 2,000 years ago, and it passes over time and, and over uh, geography, and that his kingdom is all around the world, and part of his kingdom is here today, part of his kingdom is around the world today. We all are a part of his kingdom that are saved, right? And part of his kingdom is in heaven, and one day he's going to come here, and he's going to sit on a throne, and he's going to rule the world from Jerusalem. I'd say Jesus is greater than Solomon. The great kingdom. Oh, the Solomon and his work, all of his things made of gold and, and establishing Israel as the international uh, uh, nation as it was. Great are his works, but look at the great works of Jesus. None greater than going to the cross to down the cross for our sins, the great work that he did in our salvation. Listen, there's nothing that you do uh, to, to save yourself. There's nothing you do to help Jesus save you. You're totally, completely dependent on faith in what he did at Calvary to die for your sins to be saved. People want to add to their faith. People want to say, Jesus saved me and now i got to live a certain goodness before I can get to heaven. All that is a bunch of malarkey. It's only through Christ and then you receive his spirit to live the Christian life after you get saved. The Holy Spirit. I'd say Solomon is great, but Jesus is greater. Now the queen of Sheba, the queen of the south, came came to here. She came. How'd she get there? Well, I told you she came uh, caravan, 1,500 miles she had to travel. But she, how'd she get there? The same way anyone gets to Jesus. The same way anyone gets to Jesus. How'd she get there? Oh, she got there by care of it. No, no, that's all. I'm talking about something spiritual. First of all, she heard. If you're going to be a Christian, there has to be a time that you truly hear. Notice verse 1 says, And when the queen of Sheba heard, she heard. The only way you can get saved, you've got to hear. And I don't mean with just these ear. You've got to hear with the ear of your heart. Jesus said over and over, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. It means this. It's just like, guys, when your wife is talking, you heard her, but you don't know what she said. Now, I'm not like that. 
Because I always asked her, tell me again where I know I got it down. And the reality is I didn't hear a word she said. You've got to hear with your spiritual ear to be saved, right? How can they hear without a preacher? Uh, Somebody has got to take the gospel to the lost. And they can come and hear it from the pulpit. But you and I as Christians are assigned to take the message of Jesus to the people in our community and in our world. They are to hear because we said it, right? She heard of the fame of Solomon, it says, but she heard of the Lord also. God needs to get the glory in our lives. Travelers and traders, those who passed through Jerusalem, took the message, took the message back to the Queen of the South. They carried that good report of Solomon down to her, and she heard and heard and heard, and it stirred an interest. A person cannot be saved until there's a stirring of their spirit, a stirring of interest. To know the Lord. It's just like my friend when he was uh, nine years old. He said there was eight uh, young kids that got up out of their seat and marched down the aisle during the invitation. And they went through a prayer thing and they all got baptized. He said he don't know what the other seven kids did, but he didn't get nothing. He just thought it was a convenient time to get it over with. And he wakes up in a bar down on the Mississippi around New Orleans one time and realized he's lost. And he got saved. He got saved watching television. <laughs> Folks, you got to hear. you got to be interested. I have parents from time to time bring their little child to me and, said, and it's like they're bringing him and saying, save him. I can't save him. One time I was visiting back before I was here. I was just a youth director at our church. And I was visiting a guy named Keith. I never will forget him. I knew his sister. She was good looking. Amen. <laughs> so I guess that's why I remember him. But uh, he, I said, man, have you ever come to Jesus? Have you ever been saved? And he said, oh, yes, Brother Hart saved me. So I went home as a... Smart aleck young Christian said, Brother David, you got your convert out there. That guy told me you saved him. He said, maybe that's why he don't go to church or do anything. Amen? Because I'm not a very good savior. Well, you got to hear, and there's got to be a stirring of the heart, the interest. There is a, re- a reality to salvation. It's not just a profession of faith. I heard a couple of guys debating. Uh, they, had, they put uh, Charles Stanley... On their, on their YouTube thing, and I don't know why this come to my thing, because it's crazy and, and stupid, really. And they were uh, arguing with Dr. Stanley about uh, security of the believer and about being saved, you know, and things like that. And these guys was just given these Bible verses, Bible, Bible verses, Bible verses, Bible verses. But when I got done hearing it, I heard the spirit of what they were saying. It was all legalism. It was all like a bunch of Pharisees. There was nothing to the heart of what they were saying. Folks, listen. There has to be something that takes place in your heart above and beyond what the Scripture says for you to be saved. The Spirit of God has to be there. The Holy Spirit's the saver. I don't want to confuse you or cause you to doubt your salvation unless you don't have it. And then you need to get saved. 
She heard. She was, it created interest. Like those travelers of trade went to that place talking about the greatness of Solomon. You and I need to go to people and talk about the one that is greater than Solomon. The Lord Jesus Christ. She heard. She heard of his glory. She heard of his riches. She, she, she heard uh, that, that he owned the cattle of a thousand hills probably. She heard of his gold and his silver. But let me tell you something. We have a greater one than Solomon. And the riches and glory of Christ is ours waiting for us in heaven. We have a greater one than Solomon. Than Solomon and we need to be telling the world about Jesus. It says that she heard from Solomon, of Solomon, about the name of the Lord. What does people hear from you, hear from me? They hear something great about you, or they hear something great about God, about the Lord. Well, she heard, right? You got that down now? She heard. Secondly, she came. Oh, she's a great example of somebody being saved. She heard, and then she came. Jesus said, he that comes to me, I will what? In no wise cast out. Right? If you come to Jesus, he said, I will, hey, the door is open to God. You know, it's not hard to get saved. It's simple to get saved. It's easy to be saved. The door is open. You come. And it says she came with her questions. You know, I've dealt with people before that they want to be a Christian, but they have questions and, and they don't have it all figured out. I'm going to tell you something. I got, I got saved when I was nine. Do you think I had it all figured out? You got saved. How old was you? How old was you when you got saved? Was you 16, 17, 15? Did you have it all? For, you didn't know anything except you were going to hell and you wanted a Savior. Amen. That's it. She came. She came, it says, to prove him. She came to prove him. See if it was so. See if it was right. Uh, she, as I said, she didn't come by plane, trains, or automobiles. I guess some of you got that. She came to meet Solomon and find out about his God. She didn't count it a great price to come 1,500 miles. There was a greater, there is a greater than Solomon, the Lord Jesus. And you don't have to travel around the world. You don't have to go to Mecca. You don't have to go to Jerusalem. You don't even have to go to Rome. You can just come to this altar today and find Jesus. I, I don't know if I make that clear, but to me, that's an amazing truth that the God of heaven, the one that's greater than Solomon, came down. He knew where Tyler Baptist Church was down there in the boot hill, down there on an old road where most of the people done moved away and they ain't coming back. And there's a little boy down there that's on his way to hell. And the greater than Solomon came there and saved that wretched little old soul back a few years ago. Man, isn't he great? You don't have to come a long way. You just have to come. What does it mean to come to Christ? It means to open your heart up. It means to say, Lord, save me. Now, listen. You don't become the friend of Jesus when you get saved. That's later. You come to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's, 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 it's not a buddy system with God it's, it's, it's a surrender. It's a trusting Him. 
She came. She had questions. She came to prove him. And she didn't count at the great price to came. She came, and she came to meet him, to find out for herself. And listen, people can be saved in their home. They can be saved in their home. They can be saved on the street. But they have to come to Jesus. The Bible says, John 6, 37, Him that cometh unto me, I will no wise cast out. If you come to him, that's the key, coming to him. That's the key. The verse 3, it says here, and Solomon told her all her questions. That, that's what keeps a lot of people from being a, a witness. And Oh, they're going to ask me something I don't know the answer to. You do, though. I'm going to tell you, you know the answer. Okay, here it is. I'm going to give you two things to remember. You say, preacher, I want to talk to people about the Lord, but I don't, I don't know. They all ask me something I don't have the answer to. First of all, the Spirit of God is with you to lead you, to give you the answers you need at the time. You hear me? The Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, He is in you. He is with you. And He will give you the answers at the time. Say, preacher, now what about this? Now what about this? I get out there and you tell me that's going to happen. And you, you get out there and, 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 and I, get, I, I don't have the answer. You still have the answer. You know what the answer is? I don't know. That's the answer. Because it's not in knowing all the answers that makes you a Christian. And when people are throwing questions out there like that, many times they're just throwing something out there as a roadblock. One of the most popular ones they throw out there, can you tell, I've heard this thing, I don't know how many times, can you tell me where Cain got his wife? You know what, I have an answer to that. And you all know what my answer is? I said, no, I don't know where he got his wife, but get to heaven, I'll ask him. Amen? Until then, it don't matter. The guy said, well, what about he's not in heaven? I said, you ask him then. (laughs) We don't, listen, what I want to say about this, I don't know. I want to tell you something important about I don't know. You know what I don't know means? Let me tell you this. Get this. I'm the preacher man. I'm the reverend. I'm the... You know what I'm saying? I'm the, I'm the guy and, and, and there's a barrier between me and the person because, man, he's going to embarrass me. He's going to make me. And I want people to be comfortable when I'm talking about And when I say, I, I've even done it when I know the answer because I didn't want to go into the answer. I said, well, I really don't know all the answers. You know what that does? It breaks the barriers down. It breaks the barriers down. The devil's been lying to you and saying, you've got to have all the answers. You don't. The best answer in the world is, I don't know. It's not important. The only thing that's important is, have you met Jesus Christ? Is Jesus your Savior? But now, the Spirit of God will give you the answers that you need. And by the way, that's the answer, really. If you don't have an answer... The Holy Spirit don't even want it answered. He don't even want it answered. By the way, she came with her questions. You got to come with your questions. You you say, I got to know, I got to know, I got to know, no, no. No, it's by faith that we come. Now, she came, she heard, she came, and she saw. 
she saw. Verse 4 and 5, it says, And when the queen of Sheba had seen all of Solomon's wisdom and the house that he had built and the meat on the table, and it goes on and on, the apparel, the cupbearers, bears and all that stuff, she saw all that, the wisdom, and, and she saw the house, and she saw the servants, and she saw the spirit that was there. And, and the spirit that was there, I think, is the most important of all the things that was there. She saw all that, and she had no more spirit. It just brought her to conviction. Now, she saw, and she believes. She believes. And then she said, she said, a powerful testimony, she said. Uh, she's overwhelmed, and she has praise in her heart. Look at, look at verse, verse 6. She says, And she said to the king, uh, I was a, uh, It was a true report that I heard in mine own land of thy acts and of thy wisdom. Howbeit I believed not. Notice, I believed not the words until I came. She heard, she came, and she believed. And, 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 he said, and she said, And mine eyes had seen it, and behold, the half was not told me. Thy wisdom and thy prosperity exceedeth the fame which I heard. Happy, this is my favorite verse, happy are the men, happy are these, these thy servants which stand continually before thee and that, that hear thy wisdom. Blessed, notice what she says, notice her profession. Blessed be the Lord thy God which delighteth in thee to set thee on the throne of Israel. And on and on she goes, on and on. Oh, it's so important for us to be happy in Jesus. Yeah, I know you can't be happy all the time, can you? It's impossible. But our general sense of things needs to be that we're content. The Bible even teaches us to be content, doesn't it? And, and the, these happy people around Solomon had a positive effect on this woman's believing. So I want to say to you, what is your negative comments do for people leave church and tell about all the fights that went on at the church and all the trouble that went on at the church no 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 tell them the important stuff although the the devil opposed everything that was trying to go on trying to go on in the church and we went on for the glory glory of God amen her praise Turn from Solomon to the Lord. That's what I want us to see. Blessed be the Lord thy God. So somebody says, hey, Joe, man, I see God's blessing your life. I see this. So what are you going to tell them? Yeah, I've been, I was, I was raised by my parents, and I just try to do what's right. I try to do what's right. No, that's not the answer. God has been good to me. I go to church faithfully and I have a wonderful preacher. You knew I wasn't going to not stick that in there, amen? Now we talk about the Lord and what the Lord means to us and what the Lord's done for us and we give Him the glory and that draws men to Christ. It draws people to Christ. So she heard, she came, she believed and she gave a testimony it opened her heart. It opened her heart. 
person has to have their heart open to get saved. A person will say, well, I'll just do it this way. Until a person trusts you as a witness, most likely they'll not trust Jesus as the Savior. You know, this thing of faith is from faith to faith, right? Book of Romans tells it it's from faith to faith. A person gets saved. Somebody had faith to lead you to Christ. Faith to faith. God works this thing out through the human person that knows Christ, right? You say, I preach, I got saved. Listen to the radio, and I know a guy that did that, and he's in heaven today. But it was somebody faith on that radio talking, and that faith they received Christ as their Savior. It opened her heart. Guess what happened when her heart opened? Her purse opened. Uh, did, oh, it got quiet in here. Did I hear a pin drop? Her purse. Notice it says she gave the king and 120 talents of gold and spices, very great store and precious stones and on and on, on and on. The queen of Sheba gave it. Hey, listen, man. Some of us got to get this because some of us is unnaturally uh, uh, stuck, unnaturally, unnaturally uh, stubborn, unnaturally won't give. The Bible teaches us in the book of Corinthians that we're to, te- we're to give not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Why does God not want you to, to be a grudgingly giver and, and uh, only of necessity? Because you don't get any blessing out of it. You just destroyed the blessing. It's just like I, I told someone that, that this week I got a chore to do uh, for my extended family. And I said, I'm not going to get blessed out because I've been fussing about it all week. I'm doing it grudgingly. I'm, I said, by, by that time I get here this week, I'll, 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 I'll get it right maybe. You say, preacher, you're not already automatically right all the time? No. That's too high of a standard to put on me. Come on, you're not that way, are you? I got to get there sometimes. And so so she her purse opened. Her purse opens. Sometimes you got to get there. Some of us are stingy. Some of us want to get all we can, can all we get and sit on the can. God wants you to be a giving person of your time, of your talents, of your treasure. Thank you, brother Phil. I would not even know anyone was here without you saying amen. If I was blind, I would think everybody left. Somebody say amen. Amen. Thank you. Verse 10, she gave. And she brought her stuff that she was going to trade. And she was so touched that she gave. She gave praise. She gave gifts. She gave gifts. Uh, Some people can give us a praise, but they can't give of their treasure. One preacher told me, he said, they're praising on credit. <laughs> Give and the love and appreciation. God loves a cheerful giver. He loves us, and we love him, right? Then, better than that, Solomon gave to her. He gave to her, verse 13. And Solomon gave unto the queen of Sheba all her desire. Whatsoever she asked, 
besides that which Solomon gave her of his royal bounty. So she turned and went to her own country, she and her servants. Isn't that like God? Isn't Solomon like God here? She gave to him and he outgave her. And isn't that the way with the Lord? You can't outgive God, folks. You can't outgive God. You say, well, I gave that and, and I gave that money and, and that dang gum deacon, he gave that to uh, somebody. I, I don't, they're going to just waste that money. That money's not going to come to any good. No, 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 no. If you gave it to the Lord, if you gave it to the Lord, you're going to be blessed. And let me say this while I'm there. If you're too overly concerned with what you give through the church, after you give it, you better check on your heart and make sure you let go of it. Say amen, Phil. I got to hear it. I don't want to get too quiet in here. Some are concerned about, oh, a preacher's bringing this up to give to this or to give to that, and I just don't know if I support it or not. Well, you just might miss a blessing. Because when you give, listen to me, when you give and you understand it all, there ain't hardly anything to that kind of giving. But when you give by faith and trust God with your gift, there's where the blessings come from. Uh, you haven't seen me taking up offerings for myself, have you? No. We give to people in need. But Christ is like Solomon. He's greater than Solomon. Solomon gave her much more than she gave. But he gave her, and Christ is like that. He gives to us abundantly. God gives to us abundance of his abundance. We give to God from our poverty. Amen? And God gives to us from his abundance. Uh, Philippians 4.19, But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You cannot give God, folks. And listen to me. Let me talk to you tightwads real quick before we come to an end. I am concerned with the tightwads. Learn to give. Give baby steps, maybe, but learn to give. God will give you far more, and He already has given you far more than you can ever give to Him. Alexander the Great walked into his tent. One of his generals was there sleeping, had a little piece of paper, and it said, had his bills written down there. And uh, at the bottom it says, no one can pay this amount. And he wrote Alexander on the bottom of it. He paid his bills for him. We need to be giving. A greater than Solomon challenged us to be a giving person. He can pay the debt. And he paid our debt at Calvary. Now we finish up with the Queen of Sheba. She came to Solomon and then she returned home she went back home 
and she's going to tell others about the greatness of Solomon. I think about the woman at the well that met the Lord Jesus, the one who is greater than Solomon. Remember when she met, she said, Come see a man that told me all things I ever did. Is not this the Messiah? And man, she... She, she had a lot going right there on the first day of her salvation, right? And I guarantee you she learned more than that. And all through the Gospels we see people meeting Jesus and he sends them on their way. He sends them on their way. And remember the, the, the guy from Gadara, the, 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 the rock star. You know, he's cutting himself and, and he, had, he, he, was, he was cutting himself with stones. He was with the rolling stones probably. And, and he wanted to follow Jesus. He wanted to be one of his disciples. He wanted to be an apostle. Apostle, maybe. And Jesus says, no, you're not coming with me. You're too valuable. Amen? You're too valuable. He says, I'm going to send you to Bullinger County. I'm going to send you to Bullinger County. You said, well, I want to go to New York City. I want to go to L.A. I want to go to St. Louis. I want to go to Fredericktown. I, I want to go here. I want to go to... Go to Bullinger County. So there's not as many people there. I remember Philip being sent to a desert place and there was only one guy there. Right? An Ethiopian eunuch. And that guy was, had his Bible open. He'd just been to church and he got nothing out of it. Right? He was lost as a goose, but he was wanting to hear he wanted to hear. He could have talked to a thousand people whose heart were not open and wasted his time, but he came to a desert place where there was one man in a cart that said, I want to understand, but I don't. I need someone to explain it to me. See, preacher, you want me to go out there and talk to people about Jesus? Yes, I do. And the Lord does more than I do. But you don't have to talk to everybody about everything. You're just looking for somebody that's interested. That's the spirit of God's work. You say, well, I went out there and I really had a discussion. I had an argument with this guy. And he got mad and I ended up getting mad. And well, He probably ain't never going to come to church. Old preacher friend of mine, one of my mentors said, he said, when you're out there witnessing, he said, you can pick the fruit a little green and it'll be fine. He said, don't damage the fruit. Don't damage the fruit. She returned home and she told others. You and I are to return. Look at her as a perfect picture of a person becoming a Christian greater than Solomon she heard, she came, she believed, she gave a testimony, she gave from her heart, she received much more than she gave. Isn't that not, is that not true? Would anyone that knows the one greater than Solomon? Let's bow our heads. She said, blessed be the Lord thy God. We can say that, blessed be the Lord our God. First of all, today I want to open an invitation to someone that, that would like to know the Lord, the one that is greater than Solomon. Would you come? You, you, here you are. You heard. And now you've come to this place. Would you take another step this way to this altar and trust Jesus Christ as your Savior if you're not saved? But 
Maybe you're a saved person that needs to be in your walk with God. You've, you've been away from God. You, you're not where you need to be. Won't you come right now? Let's all stand to our feet. Won't you come and surrender to the Lord today? Would you come and surrender to Jesus today? If you're not a Christian, would you come and receive Jesus as your Savior? If you are a Christian, would you come and let Jesus be Lord of your life? Come right now. Come right now. Come right now. Sing it out now. Each spot. 